0: This show is brought to you by
1: The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to XYZ, the CNC podcast that where we sometimes talk about CNC, right, Craig?
1: Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, it's not unheard of for us to, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. How the fuck are you, mate?
1: um i'm good i'm good we've been in a bit of a panic this week because um the whole virus situation has got out of hand again and shops are running out of stuff to food and toilet paper and all the usual stuff all you know the usual idiots are out hoarding Mm -hmm. um yeah so we're yeah it's it is what it is unfortunately but i'm good good spirits good spirits so you've been out there then hoarding I have yeah. full on sort of zombie apocalypse with the mask and and the hat and you know the big zombie slayer knife you know uh-huh. fully fully out there, but um, yeah, I mean, a good spirits of power from now. I still really haven't got into work mode yet. Mm. I, I'm slowly grinding myself back into it, but it's right. I don't know. It's it's just a it's different. I find it every year. It's it's the time of the year where it's cold as well, and my shop is freezing, and it's like oh, slowly does it. That's what I say.
0: i couldn't yeah i can't deal with that i need i need climate control Mm. my all my previous workshops have been like way too hot all my machinery produces like a bunch of heat so Mm. this this year is the first year i didn't like sweat to death in the workshop yeah
1: Yeah. oh geez chance would be a fine thing it's it's either way too cold here or way too hot, yeah. and there's no happy medium here in my shop, unfortunately. I have to leave the even-heat door open, you know, just to get a bit of heat in and <laughs> burn burn through cash as it's just sort of yeah. eating the electricity.
0: Yeah, like, so I'm feeling pretty tired right now, and the reason for that is the same kind of thing at my house, actually. So we live in an apartment building that's from, like, the 70s, and mm. when they turn the heat on, you, you get the heat. There's no thermostat in our right. apartment. Yeah. So... Yeah, like middle of winter, we have to have the windows open because it's too hot. Wow. Yeah, and if it oh. if it gets warm outside, so right now it's kind of hovering around zero. It's not cold enough to stop the heat from cooking us. Oh, geez. Sorry, yeah.
1: That's that's a dream for me. We we're in a five six hundred year old house, and um, we're heated primarily by burning wood. So it's right. a lot of work to keep this house warm. <laughs> it's
0: just crazy to me. Like, oh, I don't know. These guys are just wasting money. You know, mm, I don't yeah. understand why they are, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs>
1: Shall we try and talk about CNC's I at least guess this week? I so. I guess so, yeah. It's it's a new year, 2021. Um, My year is hopefully going to be full of a lot more CNC and as I change the way I'm doing things. Um, Did you get let, your machine yet? I, <laughs> don't be silly. Um, um, and in fact, I've cancelled it this morning. I sent an email this morning. They haven't responded um basically saying I haven't received it yet. You're way past when you said it would be shipped. So I'd like to cancel the order. So it'd be interesting to see what they say. <laughs> um because I've got my eye on something else, which we'll talk about later. Of but first of all, let's talk about the the video that you put online yesterday. You put a YouTube video up. Oh, yes, I did. Um, first in a while. And the big question is, and I put it as a comment on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have meat tattooed across your chest? What's...
0: <laughs> because I'm a meat popsicle. I already told you. <laughs> is that what it says? Yeah, I am a meat I am popsicle. A meat popsicle. <laughs> I love Bruce Willis, so I had to had to get that tattooed across my chest. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. I thought you were joking, but you are serious. Wow.
0: No, no, I'm not. Well, or am I? I don't know. <laughs> the
1: mystery continues. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, what have you
0: been up to this week? Uh, this week it's been the, I'm in dependency hell at the moment. So, as a programmer, you know what that means. Yes. where yeah. one thing depends on another, and that depends on something else, and then, and then thirty things down the chain. You're there's a. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle, the TV show?
1: That's with Walter White playing the Family Guy, isn't yes. it? Yeah,
0: he's yeah. So it, I he, saw
1: one, or, one or two of them.
0: His character name in that is called Hal, and uh, there's an amazing video if you look on YouTube and type in like Hal fixes a light bulb. So hmm. he goes into the house and the light bulb's out, and. Uh, He's like, oh, and then he looks in the cupboard to get a light bulb and the shelf is, is fucked. So he like goes Ah, to get a screwdriver to fix the shelf and then then the drawer is squeaky. And then he goes to the hardware store or tries to, and his car is not running. And his wife comes home and is like, can you fix the light bulb? And he's like, under the car. And he's like, what does it look like I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's like that at the moment a little bit.
1: So what's broken? What's, what's the issue? Oh,
0: no, nothing's broken. I just, um. You know, buying steel, I'm buying all sorts of things. And then I'm actually looking at a new project, uh, which I teased on the Instagram Mm. account, which is um, a small tool-changing spindle. So I've been trying to think about, like, you know, in terms of building a small CNC machine, um, you know, what's the the bit that's most lacking? And honestly, it's spindles. Like, you can buy servos and steppers and ball screws and rails and, you know, whatever you want. But if yeah. you want a small spindle, you know, you've got very, very few options. And the ones that are out there are very expensive. Yeah.
1: Um, and I've seen people rig in sort of, you know,
0: water pumps to them to keep them cool, all that kind of stuff. And... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's fine. But, like, um, you know, if, if you want a spindle that doesn't change tools, you've got tons of options. It's fine. Mm. No problems at all. But if you want a spindle that changes tools, mm, you know, like the options the cheapest option from China from like an unknown builder starts at like two and a half grand us.
1: Wow. And that's, that's the cheapest.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So I, am kind of like looking into that, seeing whether that's something I can do something about, but then oh. before I start prototyping that I need a leaf and I don't have a leaf. <laughs>
1: that that old chestnut. Yeah. Well, I need this lathe now. Yeah. I need it. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. You need to buy a five grand lathe to make a potentially a two grand tour. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to buy a five grand lathe, but I'm, I'm tempted. <laughs> yeah. Like I've owned a couple of lathes in the past, but they were both um, like Chinese imports. One, one little tiny mini lathe and then one quote unquote good lathe that, Oh my God, that thing sucked. It was so <laughs> um, so yeah, now I'm looking at like vintage, vintage machinery. Nice, yeah, big heavy stuff. Yeah, exactly. And my workshop is small, and I don't have a forklift. So yeah, it's kind of, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. you will see. We'll see. I'm looking
1: through the notes here, and I can see you've made a note about the the Boston Dynamics dance video. So I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to click on it now. We are to do A, a live a reaction um, review of this video. Oh wow! We, Let's we've have...
0: become the worst.
1: <laughs> it's that like there's really bad youtube channels yeah. you know reaction videos yeah. but yeah. Um, i mean all i know about boston uh, boston dynamics is that they make these um crazy dogs and these robotic
0: dogs they do uh, but if that's the last thing you saw then you're in for a surprise let's have a look oh wow okay oh okay it's very <laughs> human like yeah yeah creepily so <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm going to put this link in the show notes, by the way, because people might just think what's going on.
0: Yeah, so it's, um, it's, a, it's literally <laughs> a dance video of these robots, and mm-hmm. um, it is amazing how fluid they have gotten these things to move. It's, it's really very, very cool. Um, in fact, uh, so I saw this video, and then like a day later, Mike sent me the link, and he was like, is this real?
1: Hmm. it's so it's if you haven't seen the video yet it's it's a robot very human like and it's dancing to um one of the songs from dirty dance in that do you
0: love me do you
1: love me that one (laughs) um yeah and you're right it's very very fluid and wow it's just the balance and that kind of thing on that That, that's incredible
0: yeah so huge progress soon these robots will be killing you
1: P- quite possibly in a terminator style yeah yeah, yeah. i said that the, what i know about boston dynamics are those dogs those sort of robo dogs that they did right. and that always reminds me then of the the black mirror episode did you see that one with the robotic dogs you know what i mean
0: i can't watch black mirror it's it's too depressing. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> too depressing i i i love them and i was gutted there wasn't one there cuz normally it's run by new year mm. they release uh, the new season of black mirror but this year they did this crazy it it wasn't Black Mirror, but it was by Charlie Brooker, and it was like a review of the year, Right. Um, and it was terrible. It was yeah, the first ten minutes were funny, but they kept the egg in the same joke over and over and over again. Oh. It wasn't it wasn't the best. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, in Black Mirror, so these dogs are um, yeah terrifying. Basically, um, they mm-hmm. they they hunt people down, and it's it's very Terminator, very Terminator. But yeah. That's a big progression into this. What is very, I say, very, very human. It's moving so well. It's it moves better. I say, human certainly moves better than me. Yeah, me dancing. too, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm not, I'm not a dancer, but those robots are. Yeah, yeah. See, they're, they're already nice. taking our jobs. Fuck.
1: Do you think they are programmed, or do you think they're remote, or do you think there's somebody in a suit actually doing <laughs> that dance and it's mimicking the suit? What, oh, what do you think's suit going is on? An
0: interesting idea. I mean, yeah, it's either programming of the suit. It could be the suit. Hmm. Um, they
1: got they got Patrick Swayze the other side of the uh, the other side of the wall there doing his move. Yeah,
0: because I mean, pro- they definitely program a lot of them previously, but I imagine that programming this would be like, you know, you get the intern for six hmm. months programming these damn robots to dance. You know.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm wondering how smart it is whether it's just performing a literally a routine a programmed routine or whether it's using sensors to judge the distance from the wall distance to the floor and all that you know how how smart is it it looks impressive mm.
0: but it's wonder. a combo of both for sure because i know that with the the balancing like you know those robots are, are standing up they're balancing mm. and uh, yeah. they can't do that in a programmed fashion they have to do that like in real time while right. executing yeah. the programmed moves so like Right. Yeah.
1: So you can imagine like, um, I mean, you, you've seen rough versions of like an exoskeleton, you know, let somebody, <laughs> yes. who,
0: um,
1: they lose, they lose the ability to walk and being able to strap yeah. one of these things on. And that, that's pretty awesome.
0: Whenever awesome. I um, picture an exoskeleton in my mind, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what TV show it was from, but it's like, uh, they put this guy in the exoskeleton and they, he's like, all right, test number one. And then the exoskeleton just like bends him backwards. yeah every joint just suddenly goes backwards snap yeah (laughs) yeah ouch ouch so we've had
1: um yeah i mean you have been particularly very active on instagram on our xyz.cnc instagram account Um, we've had lots of well, yeah, let's in. Yeah, <laughs> We've had questions. We've had lots lots of sort of feedback from you guys as well, which is really nice. Um, but I, I want to talk about the first one. So um, Scott, I think it's Scott Hoadley. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, and he's looking for advice, and it certainly won't be coming from me. This will be coming from you. <laughs> um, he's going to buy a, has a Mini Mill uh, to start a hobby business that would likely include knife making. So he wants to know how to get started with, with hard milling. Uh, and he's asking for tool recommendations, speeds, feeds with his 6,000 RPM spindle. Will that be fast enough? Um, so basically what Scott is saying is, will you do all the research for him? <laughs> you spend three years mastering your craft and give him the, I'm only joking, Scott. That, that's partly why we're here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, first of all, like, that's a pretty baller move, Scott. Like, mm. I'm not sure if he's run a CNC machine at all previously. I don't. I don't know, I hope so. But uh yeah, the Haas mini mill is uh that's that's not the the Chinese uh TNC router. Hmm. <laughs> um but the answer is yes, like pretty much um any milling machine, like a real mill, will hard mill. Um it doesn't really matter what the spindle speed is. Um you can actually hard mill at very low spindle speeds if you need to. Um and so I I basically divide my hard milling. Actually, let's let's go back for a minute. Let's go back.
1: Yeah, explain the hard milling. What hard milling is exactly? You actually did very well in your. <laughs> I sound so condescending. You did very well, but in your YouTube video exactly. this week, you you talk about hard milling and how it's it's milling hardened steels basically.
0: Yeah, so it's it's basically machining um, metals that are already hardened. So. You know that could be a stainless steel, that could be a carbon steel. Um, you know, in some cases it could be like an Inconel or a, a titanium. But um, in most cases, when people are talking about hard milling, they're talking about uh, tool steels because you're making molds, or you're, you know, in my case, you're making knives. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of like a dark art. You know, people speak about it in hushed tones behind behind closed doors because like. Uh, it makes it makes some people a lot of money right like if you're if you're making injection molds then like getting the right hard milling parameters will let you machine a mold after it's been hardened and then you don't have to worry about warping and you know you can get like mirror finishes if you've got the right machine and it's it's mm. pretty crazy stuff it's it's really awesome um and yeah like a lot of machinists have never done it which means there's not a ton of info like there's some but not a ton of info floating around about it um, and it can take a bit of getting used to. It, it's not the same as machining steel soft. You have to do things quite differently. Um, yeah. And one of the so does it
1: require a far more sort of rigid machine?
0: No. Um, you you can really just dial it back. You know, like right. my yeah my um, CNC mills are Fadal VMCS, and they are not considered the most rigid machine <laughs> ever not by any standard um and they do just fine you know like when i'm doing my roughing um so like removing the initial material on my blades i'm i'm hard milling and that process is so quiet that you really can't even hear it over the machine itself wow okay yeah so it's it's pretty amazing when you get it dialed in so i i do two different types of hard milling i do what's I kind of call like a high feed hard milling, which is where you have a very small depth of cut, but you are taking quite a wide cut. So like, you know, the width of the tool or half the width of the tool. And then you're taking quite a large chip load. So you're taking, you know, a large um, amount of material for every tooth on the cutter for every flute. Yeah. Um, So there are tools that are called like high feed mills, but you can also emulate that if you have a tool that has a large corner radius. Um, and what it does is it puts most of the force directly up into the spindle. Rather than trying to bend the tool sideways, most Got of you. the cutting yeah. forces go up. And so that that means that the, the material has nowhere to go because it's getting pushed down. And the spindle and the tool are going straight up. So it's a very strong configuration, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the weakest point is obviously always going to be the tool. Yeah. So if, if the the majority of the load is being taken on the spindle. Yeah.
0: And so the, and tooling is really important for hard milling too. So like you can buy like crazy, you can spend like literally like 250 bucks on a quarter inch end mill for hard milling, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're buying hard milling specific tools. But what I've found is that, you know, corner radiuses are great because, um, hard milling will take a square corner off an end mill very, very quickly. Um, and coatings are good, so like aluminum titanium nitride or something like that um, on, on the tool really helps with the heat. Um, run the tools dry. Uh, you don't need any coolant or anything, which is awesome. And then as many flutes as you can get. So right now I'm using a six-flute tool. Um, and the reason that's important is because every time you add a flute, the, so there's an area inside the flute called the gullet, which is like the the kind of circular area where the chips can go into behind the cutting edge does that make sense yeah yes yeah. yeah and as you add more flutes the gullet gets smaller and that actually means that the core of the end mill so like the the part in the middle that is solid gets bigger so if you were to have like a 100 flute end mill it would basically be like a solid you know rod of t- of tungsten carbide which is gotcha, very very yeah. strong right so the more yeah. more flutes the better uh, particularly for me and for scott because we don't have like super high speed spindles so i have i use six flute tools right now from marital they actually um added those specifically for me and they're amazing they're like 16 bucks each or something they're not not expensive at all and then
1: and these are just available commercially on their website yeah. Are they do just...
0: yeah right okay. yeah, one of will put a three... link to that then. Yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, we'll add a link. Yeah. One of the really cool things about Marital is that, like, every time I ask them for a special tool, they just add it as a stock item. Um, <laughs> so there's like a bunch of tooling on their website that I, I've kind of asked for that they've just kept up there. And so they've actually just recently added an eight flute version for me. And I'm super excited about that. I haven't actually received any yet. I've just ordered them the other day, but they're coming. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, for the high feed milling, I do 2500 RPM. Uh, 72 inches a minute, Um, and that results in about a five thousandth of an inch uh, chip load, so uh, load per flute with a six flute tool. Um, And then I'm taking a one-eighth step over and only two and a half thousandths depth of cut. So I was going to convert all this into no, metric.
1: Measurements mean nothing to me. It's just like it's like Arabic. Yeah,
0: I was going to convert yeah, them all yeah. into metric, and then I looked at all the things I was going to have to convert, and I
1: was like, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I know quarter inch roughly is about six point three five mil. That's all I yes. need to know, and I'm fine. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. And then all of the other numbers are, you know, much less than a millimeter. You're taking a very yeah. small cut. It produces um, chips that are. It looks like um, sugar or salt or something very very small grains. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's definitely what you want to be doing with hard milling. Like you're never going to be like roughing out big chips with with hard milling. It's just yeah. not what you should expect. It's it's always going to be little tiny, you know, dust. Um, so this is
1: for bevels, I assume.
0: Yeah. So I do all of my bevels um, hard but you can you know you can machine anything um yeah. and so let's let's say you're cutting out the the profile mm. um,
1: what's the difference then um i assume it's going to be very different because if you're um milling uh profiles you're using the sort of end of the uh, end of the tool mm-hmm. whereas if you're profiling using the, the side of the tool I, I don't know i don't know how deep you'll plunge down whether it's all in one cut or in multiple cuts yeah so i have um, done
0: that in the past and i i took the full depth of cut so it was a uh, uh 530 seconds so about four millimeters um mm-hmm. full depth of cut but then you're only coming across like your width of cut is only like a thousandth or two thousandths and you'll just gotcha. move really really fast so yeah it, it's like a 10th of a millimeter, you know, Um, and you'll move fast going around the, the profile and just, you know, chewing your way in. Um, And again, it makes those very fine chips. Um, And one of the cool things about hard milling is once you start thinking about it, uh, about materials that way, it can actually help you with some materials. So recently I've been um, starting to machine stainless steel and, machining it soft it's it's like trying to machine bubble gum it's horrible it just sticks to everything and it's really like it just smears it's it's not nice at all and so i was like really it's almost like a plastic is it? Is yeah just just brutal and stainless is stainless steels are known for being like that like everybody's like oh god you know anything other than stainless right? Hmm. um and i on a, on an just Mike and I were talking about this, and, and something in that conversation jogged me to think, like, oh, I wonder how hard this material is. And so I chucked it on my hardness tester and I got like five Rockwell. It's like oh, wow. nothing. Whereas <laughs> hmm. annealed tool steel, like annealed A2, is like 20 to 25 Rockwell. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what happens if I harden this just a little bit? So I chucked it in my oven and brought it up to like 1500 uh, Fahrenheit for you know, 10 minutes and then did an air quench and that got it up to like 35 Rockwell. And all of a sudden it machines like butter, like no problem at all. Um, and you know, I don't have to use coolant. I don't have to do anything like all of my, my, um, machining parameters for a two suddenly work just fine. So yeah, and there are a ton of stainless steels that are actually like that. Like 17.4 is a precipitation hardening grade of stainless. And when that's soft, um, it sucks to machine. It's awful. I was helping a friend make some guitar parts um, quite a while ago. And, yeah, it was really, really bad. But then you harden it to, like, 40 Rockwell, and all of a sudden it's, it's beautiful. Like, beautiful surface gotcha. finishes. Yeah. It's just, just amazing. So, yeah, hard milling is a really great tool to have in your, your arsenal for sure.
1: So you're not doing that now. You're getting everything um, fully heat-treated in in, in in a vacuum um, furnace. Um, so you're you're now milling at what, So sort of 60, 62, something like that?
0: Yes, 60, 63-ish. Um, I'm doing a combination these days. So I found that, like, machining the profile is much faster and easier if I do it soft. Um, and there's no real benefit to doing it hard. And then I'm actually doing my heat treat in-house. And then I'm doing the bubbles hard. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I would like to go back to machining everything hard, but I have to work out like what the next process is that allows me to do that better. So. Yeah.
1: Awesome. But that's a, a baller move from Scott. Um, yeah, just go straight in with the, with the Haas mini-mill. Um, I mean, what do they run at cost-wise?
0: Uh, I think they're about 50K US. Wow. Very wow. um, But you know, like like if you're running <laughs> that again, yeah, I, my <laughs> the show <high> cat. cat. <laughs> um, you know, if you're if you're gonna run a business, then like, uh, and you're you know planning on CNC machining knives or whatever, then you know having the right tool for the job makes sense. And, and yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But I mean, would something like a like a Tormac, like their that what they call it their personal CNC 440? Mm-hmm. I mean, they start running about six grand, I think. But would would that be Adequate, do you think, for for hardened steels? I,
0: I know that it is, actually. I have a friend um, oh. in Malaysia um, who snacks. I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen him on Instagram. He makes no. these no. incredible folders that um, come apart and go together with no tools. They're just nuts. Oh. Um, but he hard mills on his Tormac um, using the same tools that I use, actually. Um, wow yeah okay. so we, we've had a few conversations about that and he definitely had to adjust his parameters a bit um hmm. but he's been doing it quite successfully from what i've seen so
1: nice yeah nice yeah okay. i mean
0: in, in one thing too Sorry. i mean uh, scott i don't know if you've already placed your order for the for the house but if you have the space i would personally go for a vf0 rather than a or a vf1 rather than a a mini mill personally you get more tools than the tool changer. It's a sturdier machine. Um, you know, I think you'll, you'll grow it, grow into it a bit more. Um, but the mini mills are awesome machines too. I have a, a friend in the States who has one and he does incredible work on that. So, you know, nice. just, just a thought.
1: <laughs> We've also had a message from Brian, Brian house, um, and mm. he's house work on instagram he also has a a show on the um on the makery network as well which is called work for it um i I don't know if you heard brian he's he's got like the voice for radio it's just the perfect voice Uh, but he says hey guys just want to let you know that i'm listening to all of your podcasts in a row and i'm really enjoying it i was a little bit skeptical about the premise of the show Well, fuck you, Brian, if that's what you think. If you were skeptical, you didn't have trust in us or faith in us. Fuck you, Brian.
0: It's okay, Brian. Um, I was skeptical, too. (laughs) But he
1: says, but yeah, it really does work. Um, So just thought you guys would like to know Happy New Year. Well, thank you, Brian. We love your show, too. Thank
0: you very much. Yeah, One of my buddies, Nick, started listening to the show the other day, and he said our accents are a bit much. Really? Yeah.
1: I tell, I've got a pretty neutral accent, and I don't think yours is too strong either.
0: Well, you know what? I've known Nick for a, lo- a long time. I've got a lot of respect for the guy, so all I want to say is, um, fuck you, Nick.
1: <laughs> and if you're a listener who'd like to be told to fuck off, you can contact us yeah. at xyz. We CNC. can have a list.
0: <laughs> we can have a list. You can become a patron or something, and then we'll tell you to fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I'd love to get Nick on the show in the future because uh, he and his brother – sorry. If you haven't uh, seen their Instagram, it's uh, Frank Brothers uh, Guitar Company. And they make right. the most beautiful guitars. And um, th- them and I, them and I, they and I, I don't know even know to, how to say that. They started in the same workshop that I did, which was this shitty shared workshop uh, in the basement of an old factory building that would flood every time it rained. And, you know, so there were lots of late nights of us working on, Stuff together and drinking excessively and so on. So they're they're great guys and they do just the most amazing work with their guitars. And they are so
1: they are yeah luthiers I assume yes yes that is, yes. It, that's that is exactly about, yeah. just... Was it a Frank Brothers did you say yes Let me look
0: them Frank up. And as I said, they just they do beautiful beautiful work. Um, and so Craig, w- just before we started the show, I, you had your camera on for a second and I saw a, a nice what looked like a Les Paul behind you and a and I yes.
1: Yes. Uh so yeah, so I've got a few guitars in here actually. But the, actually the Les Paul is maybe quite relevant to the show because when I first bought it it had the automatic tuning pegs on it. Oh
0: there. god, those fucking things. Yeah.
1: I've taken them off because they were they're pretty bad. Uh, yeah. um, but it, it always amazed people. Um so the for those who don't tuner. know the ro- yeah, so for those who don't know a, a tuner is like the peg at the top of the guitar you turn that and it turns a post which will stretch the string to change change pitch. And um, these had little motors on, so you literally just strum strum the guitar. Um, it could tell by the frequency of the vibration whether they were in tune or not. So it didn't it didn't use microphones. It, just, it was just the 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 vibration, um, and it would then um, automatically turn these turn these pegs at the end of the guitar to tune the guitar. In theory, in theory, mm-hmm. that's what it's meant to do. Looks very very impressive. And the first time people see it, they're like, "Wow, that's incredible!" Um, but yeah, they don't really tune that well and it's once you play guitar wise it's quicker just to do it yourself yeah. Um, but yeah it is pretty cool if it
0: worked it'd be super handy you know you're on stage you need to go from like a standard tuning to drop d or something you press a little button and it it retunes your guitar for you but no yeah, yeah
1: in practice it doesn't
0: really work that well and if i remember yeah. correctly it sounds like hobby servos when it's when it's tuning it's like <laughs> oh, yeah really scratchy
1: yeah. Do you know that like, those little plastic blue servos you can yes. buy for like Arduino or stuff yeah. like that? It pretty much sounds like one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Not good. So, yeah, some of my background, you may not know, Craig, is um, the reason that I'm so interested in CNC is because I was working in a factory in Australia that made guitars for a little while. Oh, okay. And I won't name them because they were shitheads. Um, <laughs> so I ended up getting fired from that job. Um, and the reason was cause the owner of the company, you know, he, he was like a self-taught manufacturing engineer and I, I was hired into the job and, and was working like doing hand assembly of acoustics and stuff, hand mm-hmm. finishing. And a couple of weeks in, I think it was about four weeks in, he, he asked me like, Oh, how, how are things going? And, uh, his buddy was the one that was, was teaching me that was like running the, the uh, finishing section and I this yeah. guy was was really new as well and I just said it, it's going terribly like he's telling me to do the wrong things and then blaming me for things going wrong when oh, I do them wrong geez.
1: but it's his buddy yeah. you're talking about yeah and
0: he ah. but he specifically said I want to know the truth I want to know how things are going you know and I told him and then he fired me oh jeez. so whatever <laughs> Shit, yeah right. but um yeah that place that had this amazing five axis cnc router that was like 30 feet long and wow. the, the guitar bodies and stuff would get put on this thing. And, um, you know, so you'd start out with a solid block of wood for like an electric guitar and then the tool heads would come in and it had a tool changer built into the moving carriage of the CNC machine. It would come in and machine everything. And it, it'd come in with like really long auger style drill bits to do the, um, hmm. the like electronics holes that go in between the pickup yeah. cavity and the yeah. control cavity, you know, coming in from some crazy angle to, to drill the holes and stuff, it was very, very cool. Wow! Well, I am um,
1: well, just looking at the the Frank brothers now on their website, and their guitars do look beautiful yeah. there. Um, I suppose they're sort of Telecaster shaped. I suppose. Oh, um, come on, they're not Telecaster, but, but a bit, a bit more sort of angular on the horns. But um, they've got their they're, own they're
0: style lovely. for sure.
1: Yeah, they're, they're beautiful looking guitars and lovely colours. Colours they've got too. Yeah,
0: very nice. Yeah, so I, I'd love to have um probably Nick, probably Nick on the show. in a a little while just because they're going through the process of looking at some new cnc machines at the moment so that would be
1: cool yeah that'd be really cool let's get on it let's get on let's get guests yeah okay we've had another question um from um ch underscore works again on instagram Mm -hmm. um he says what are your thoughts on a harbor freight mini mill with a cnc conversion kit um, they're about fourteen hundred US dollars. It seems like a cost-effective starting point for a knife maker for a lot of small projects. Um, now, I'm assuming the, the Harbor Freight mini mill. I assume it's like one of those um, th- th- those Chinese mini mills that they are rebranded a million ways. Yes. lots of companies use the same thing. Yeah, so you can like get SX five or something like that. They call
0: them. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. It's an X two in this case. Um, right, and okay. yeah, you can get from Harbor Freight, Grizzly, Mini Mark. What, Micromark, yeah, um, King Canada, like all, all sorts of places. Um, yeah. And yeah, actually, I love this question because this is kind of how I got started with knife making a bit, right? Like I, I bought a um, a King Canada mini-mill, so it's the equivalent of a Grizzly go 704 or an X2. Mm. Um, and I was using it by hand to make stuff, you know, and, yeah, you know, my, I was thinking, like, I'm going to do a CNC conversion of this thing. Um,
1: could that, I mean, even if you're not converting for, um, to CNC and you're mm-hmm. using by hand, could the bevel still be cut anyway, doing it manually? Um, because once you dialed in the angles um, and you're just doing that sort of lateral movement.
0: Yeah, the problem is the angles aren't a straight, like, the bevels aren't a straight line. Right, it rolls off. Towards uh, obviously, the yes. Uh, yeah, I'm being a fool there.
1: Yeah. Believe it or not, I'm a knife maker. <laughs> <laughs> Who
0: could tell? Believe it or Who not, <laughs>
1: there'd be no distill taper, and you'd have to, yeah, yeah you, you need to step it down as you. I got you.
0: Yes, yeah, of course. Um. So yeah, the answer is probably no. But you know, I used it for doing, uh, for drilling holes and for cutting coils and for doing you know various bits of, of knife making. Um, mm. and it, it, they're okay. Like, if you've got nothing else, they're they're not bad. Um, The spindle's noisy and a bit, uh, you know, it it tended to really jump around in the cut and wanted to, you know, not be where you want it to be. Um,
1: I would imagine they're very light. I'd imagine there's not much of a a heft behind them to hold their ground. Yeah,
0: the problem is when you say light, like, they they weigh, like, 200 pounds or something. Like, they're not... Mm. Then, you know... So, by... By, like, big machine standards, yes, they're ridiculously light. I think part of the issue is that they don't use their mass well. So they're, you know, for the the purpose of being a CNC, so that's kind of what we would call a C-frame milling machine, where you have the base and the table moves in X and Y on the bottom, and then you have a vertical column that the spindle travels up and down. Right, So that, that's called a C-frame yeah. machine. And my CNC machines are actually the same design. Um, just with, you know, the, the column on my machine is a steel tube that's like two feet across with like two inch thick walls. Right. So right. Like okay. beefy. Um, but in terms of like rigidity, that's like the least efficient design. Um, mm.
1: So it's effectively like a, like a beefed up drill press. Yes, so that that sort of yeah. shape and that same movement with the table moving.
0: X and yeah. Y, yeah, and that and that design works when your when your machine is five thousand pounds or ten thousand pounds. Like it does work, mm. but if you want a small, relatively light machine that's going to be rigid, it's it's not a great choice. You know, it's something like the um, the Nomad Mill or the. Uh, the bantam mill like so they call that like a dual column or a a bridge style machine where yeah. you have um the spindle moving in x side to side and then up and down and then the table has its own kind of flat plate and then you have two supporting elements on the left and right that design is a lot more rigid for the weight if that makes sense gotcha yeah um, Yeah. of course but, yeah, I will say, so he sent a link, um, CH Work sent a link to uh, a website called heavymetalcnc.com.
1: I'm just looking at that now. Where, yeah, basically, they've taken one of these Grizzly machines um, and they've um, sort of retrofitted yeah. this uh, CNC controller and the stepper motors and so on. Yeah. yeah, and
0: so it's a full conversion kit with, like, the bolsters and the motor mounts and all that kind of stuff. And when I was looking at converting a mill, like, that stuff didn't – I couldn't find that. You know, and that was, mm. you know, so that was like 10 years ago, I guess. And and that, they, that didn't exist as far as I could find. But this one, this kit on the Heavy Metal CNC website looks really nice. Like it all looks really well machined. It looks well thought out. Um, so, I mean, it definitely looks like it would work. I just, I looked on the internet to try and find some videos of like X2 size mills machining. Um, specifically with this kit. And I really couldn't find anything. They don't have like a demo video on their website, which is a bit rough. Um, you, you know what? Like it might work, but I know a couple of people that own machines like this, and they just find them very, very frustrating. Um, you know, if you build a fixture that's going to mount in one place on your machine, and you ex- you know you come in, you turn your machine off, and then you come in the next day, and you expect it to come back to the exact same spot on that fixture you might be a bit disappointed you know you might be having to like dial in that fixture every single day which would be painful to say the least um but you know if you want a hobby machine and you're willing to spend a you know a bunch of time playing around with the machine then yeah it might be it might be an option. It's an option. Yeah, yeah the problem yeah. is, like, if you if you really want a small machine that you could throw in your garage and you're going to rely on it day to day to make parts and make money, then you know you don't want a machine. that's a project, really. Um, and at that point, you're basically looking at like a Tormach or a Haas. Yeah. yeah. You know, th- those are. You
1: know, yes, yeah, so you're talking. You know seven, eight grand minimum, um, which would be for the Tormachs yeah. and obviously a lot more than for
0: the right? Yeah. And, ticket, and yeah. to be clear, like that's for a tormac with no tool changer, like that's seven or eight grand. That's, that's for a tormac with no tool changer, no enclosure, yeah. you know, it doesn't come with a computer to control it. Like it's still a bit of a project. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah. And And if, if you want to make money off a CNC machine, not having a tool changer is going to hamstring you. It's going to be a real issue.
1: I, I can see what you're doing. You're setting people up ready to purchase this tool changer review.
0: We know exactly what you're doing. So to be clear, like, I'm, if I do make this tool-changing spindle, I'm not going to be, like, trying to make a bunch of money off it. It's going to be one of those things where, I, like, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased with my early videos because it seemed like they had an impact on helping people get into knife making, right? Hel- Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. And yeah. I want to have the same kind of impact in the, like, you know, garage CNC kind of crowd, right? And I think that this that having introducing an inexpensive tool changing spindle would be the biggest impact I could have, mm. right? So that that's kind of I have projects this year that like I want to do because they're fun, and I have projects that I want to do because you know personal like business projects that are going to help make me money, and then there's going to be ones that where i want to try and make an impact and that, that i think that's going to be the one where like i can make the biggest impact so
1: that's how jeff bezos started just say he just wanted to make an impact on the way people shop
0: <laughs> yeah 180
1: 100,
0: billion dollars <laughs> yeah seriously if i make 180 <laughs> billion dollars off spindles craig i'll give you half fair, enough, fair how's, enough how's that going?
1: With it, I mean, this takes us now. We, we, we've had basically two people uh, sort of talking about the, the mills that they're buying mm-hmm. or that, that, that they want. We do actually have a third as well, a third person that's, a, a, has recommended um, a machine as well. But let's talk about my situation. So, um, so I'm you, like, Craig? Yeah, it's all about God. Well, it's all about it needs to be about me. Well, I set up a whole podcast network just to talk about me, oh, yeah. but,
0: <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> but, um my situation is i i I want to be using a cnc for my knife handles which Mm -hmm. are mainly going to be slabs of g10 um which are sort of laminated g10s there'll be multiple layers that kind of thing um and we discussed in the past that the the cheap sort of chinese sane smart i think it was 40 30 um was what i was originally going to have now canceled that order um simply because i've seen a couple of videos online now as more and more people are getting in them and they they don't look the best <laughs> um, um yeah so i mean my options i mean i want to be milling um basically 2d milling um, almost routering out these these handle shapes, um, so I'm still thinking uh, a onefinity is is the right machine to go for mm-hmm. because cost wise, I'm sure it's going to do the job. It uh, I'm, I'm how much is one of those? Um, shipped here probably about two and a half grand, right,
0: and that's with electronics and a you, controller and everything.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, you, you still use your laptop and link it up to a laptop. But, um, it runs a web service. You can do it, you know, remotely as well. Mm-hmm. It does have a touchscreen interface as well. Um, but they've got two, they've got the one, which is predominantly made for sort of woodworkers. Um, and one which they call the machinist, which I think is pretty much the same machine, smaller, but it's just right? a lot smaller. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's far more rigid. Um, and yeah i think a 16 inch by 16 inch is the sort of work area so more than big enough for what i need yeah. um so i i, I think i'm going to press go on that i think that's the machine to have um and i just want people to reassure me that maybe that's the way to go right <laughs> so if we've got any listeners who are in a similar situation to me that they just use the cnc for um, for their handle materials which i know um toma at florentine kitchen knives he does and he uses a Hmm. step um step cnc and they're a german company um um, and there's also another one called step way which is similar as well um they seem to be as we've talked about before they seem to be more cnc routers as opposed to mills um just the way they're set up but i think i think it's going to do the job for for g10 anyway
0: yeah and it's 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 really interesting so like i saw um uh, kind of an amazing YouTube video the other day. Uh, I forget the, I'll put a link in the show notes, but this guy's like, um, what's the you know cheapest way to CNC cut steel. And so he gets one mm. of the little, I think it's a 1310 size Chinese machine.
1: I've got one of those here. Yeah. Right. It's a tiny little thing. Yeah. So
0: he yeah. gets the the new version that has like the big aluminum plates for the side and, and so on. Mm. And, you know, does a bunch of work on it to try and get it cutting steel. And, um, you like I really admire that he tried. I think again the weak point was th- the spindle, because he's got one of those spindles where it's like a, a DC motor with an ER collet chuck bolted yeah, to the front pretty of much it. mine. Yeah, and it's yeah. like the worst possible spindle. Like that. The, the, like, yeah, just it's not designed as a spindle, you know. Um yeah, and he, he kind of got close. It's it it's honestly it's amazing to me that you can buy a machine like that now for like a couple of hundred bucks. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah well i think the one i've got is and it's the same it's the sort of the newer version if you like with the aluminium extrusion bed mm-hmm. and then the sides um i think i paid like 150 us dollars for mine yeah, um, I, I have actually used it to cut out you know six mil or quarter inch uh g10 right. and it will do it it's just it's just a very slow process right. um and i you know it's probably very hard wearing for this machine to do to do it. Yeah. It's vibrating like crazy and, and so it will actually do it. So yeah, I've seen lots of videos, people sort of tuning these up and making them stronger. But like you said, it then becomes a project and there's yeah you are always gonna be fixing something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I think I said this in an early episode. Like when I first got started, the the only CNC that I could get was, you know, I think it was like a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks or something. And it, mm. it like for Rails it used Electrical conduit with skateboard bearings, you know, yeah. and the and the, the gantry supports, like the vertical parts of the gantry were acrylic, like quarter inch acrylic, and it used a Dremel as a spindle, it was like the worst, I can't imagine managing to design a floppier CNC machine. <laughs> like this thing was, so
1: i mean what was the purpose of that for uh maybe um electrical circuit circuit boards that kind of thing would, would it work for that
0: it or? was just like you can have a cnc machine you know like because <laughs> it wasn't really a, a done thing at that at that time you know i was very excited to have a cnc machine yeah and i had one and it, it was terrible <laughs> but yeah you know so like just just so the cost cutting in this thing to make it you know because at that point it wasn't like there was a ton of like inexpensive Chinese CNC parts on the, on the market. Right. So yeah. the lead screws were coupled to the stepper motors by short bits of transparent hose held on either side with a hose clamp. <sighs> a, a, as wow. a, as a couple
1: right. You're not going to be hard milling on that. No, thing, no.
0: no, you couldn't, you <laughs> couldn't cut Swiss cheese on this thing. Like it was, it was rubbish, but yeah, so it's it's it blows my mind now that you can get you know I mean the little like thirteen ten style machines whatever they're not they're not great machines but they're CNC machines
1: and they, and yeah and they work and I think for you know schools and things should be
0: getting these things in you know and you know because <laughs> I think they're a bit too much of a fire hazard and a bigger no, hazard for a, <laughs> a school yeah, need a bit of no, an enclosure possibly. some safety switches but... and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, you know, for, for a learning tool, they're, they're, they're very cheap. Yes. And, and yes. they will do the job of, you know, on a much smaller scale of what a bigger CNC machine would do. So, yeah, I mean, let, there's plenty of options out there for for people, Um, um, you know, particularly in my situation now where let, let's say my budget is sort of three grand US. Mm-hmm. If anybody has an idea of what they think would work better maybe than the, one of the Onefinity machines, uh, let me know. We are xyz.cnc on Instagram um and yeah some recommendations that would be good mm-hmm. which takes us then on to another question well not so much a question um but wanted us to be aware of some things so um QVist blade works again on instagram um just wanted you to be aware of the carbide 3d folks too so Nomad Three is a Bantam competitor, um, and we talked about Bant- Bantam um, tools last week, I think it yeah. was, um, and they do this this amazing little CNC, which is for um, specifically, I think that is for sort of aluminium prototyping. I think that's what they're aiming it at. Yeah. Um, but he says this this Nomad Three is a very similar build um, and spindle speed at a more affordable, um, and it's more available. Um, by that, I'm not quite sure what he means by more available. Maybe I think just like they're in stock. Yeah gotcha okay okay so have you have you seen these what what are they all i have
0: yeah i've been i've it's kind of one of those things i've seen them for a while and again i'm kind of admiring them from a distance because i think it's really cool that little machines like this are available now you know when Mm -hmm. when i was getting started they they weren't as we as we talked about um and yeah i mean it, it looks good they have a bit of a different philosophy in terms of work holding than the bantam does the bantam is more kind of a traditional work holding, you have like T slots in the table, and you can mount different stuff. Whereas the the nomad has like a flat plate with some holes in it, and then they have like little jigs and vices and stuff that mount straight to that hole pattern. Um, mm-hmm. They have one really interesting thing called the flip jig, which is it's designed. It's like a a hollow aluminum rectangle, and it's designed to hold material inside the rectangle. And then it has, like, locating bolts. So you machine from the top, and then you flip it upside down, and you machine from the bottom, and you leave tabs. Oh. So you can get, like, a full 3D part, machine both sides. But they have, like, a, an off-the-shelf solution for that, which is really clever because I'm sure that there's tons of, like, little small parts that you want to machine, and you, you know, want to do both sides and yeah. use tabs. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's very clever. Um,
1: and, I mean, I mean, if Carbide 3D are making it, I assume it's... Pretty, you know, tightly held into the software that they create as yes. well. Um, sort of carbide creator, I think VCarve, and there's a, there's a few things they do. Um, but I'm not sure how that what their sort of the, the the 3D style of things go because I know most of the software they do is for routering, really. Um, so I'm not sure if they have got specific software now for this for this tool as well. I
0: don't know exactly. I know that I was watching a video of someone using it online, and he was using Meshcam. Which is like a, a okay. semi-automated kind of cam package for doing 3D machining. And he was machining like a little fan blade that went onto the spindle of the nomad to blow chips away. Right, okay. Um, so yeah, clever idea. It seems to work. And yeah, he machined that in the flip jig using mesh cam for doing the the toolpaths. And it yeah, it seemed to work. No problems there.
1: Hmm. What sort of shortfalls do you see in these machines because i mean the the price difference is huge compared to a a big mortal industrial Mm -hmm. machine what what are the shortcomings do you think of the of these the
0: biggest one that i see consistently is that the the spindles don't allow you to insert tools into the collet as deeply as you should so and and people i don't people seem to love using like really long tools you know tools with like an inch of flute when they're only cutting like you know, an eighth of an inch deep or something. Um, so like that combined with the tool already sticking out of the collet by like an inch too much, you just, you're ending up putting a lot more load on the spindle than it would be if you were using like a really short tool, you know? Yeah. So I did actually reach out to the Bantam guys and I just said like, Oh, you know, in a bunch of your videos, it seems like the tool's sticking out a huge amount. Is that because you can't get it in any further with the, the collet with the spindle design? And it turns out that yes, that is the case. Unfortunately, so gotcha. I think that's probably one of the bigger issues because, like the way that a spindle works, you think about it like a lever. You know, the longer the tool, the longer the lever that you have acting on those spindle bearings. So yeah, if you, you know, if you take a popsicle stick and you, and you hold it the full length and you try to break it in half, it's going to be super easy. But if you're trying to break a section that's only half an inch long, it's, it's a lot more difficult. It's far more rigid, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like shortening up your tools will make a huge, huge difference on how well the machine will perform, especially when you're talking about a small, relatively light machine. So yeah, I mean, if I was going to be running one of those machines, I would probably work out some way to trim the shanks of the tools. Um, so you can actually use like a, a diamond abrasive bit on like a dremel or something to to cut the tools off to cut them down yeah a bit, yeah yeah and so you don't you don't want to cut the cutting end of the tool off you want to buy a short flutes because <laughs> you're, you're not going to be able to make that work but the, the back end of the tool the the shank you know if you shorten that up yeah. so that you've got like the least possible sticking out of the collet, it'll make a really big difference um and that's something to think about with your machine and that's something that i think about with my machines too you know like um when I'm hard milling, like I literally have only uh, three eighths of an inch, so like ten millimeters of tool sticking out of the the collet. Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, that makes complete sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've had uh, we've had even more questions, and I think what we should do is maybe roll these over onto next week yep. because. Um... It's it's really nice that people are listening and they're interacting with the show. Um, But, I mean, one of the questions we've got, um, which we'll talk about next week, and maybe we can have some um, people's uh, opinions beforehand, is 3D printing. So 3D printing for production, Um, whether people think um, 3D printed things are ready for production, whether they think the machines are available. um, Let us know what you think, and we can always bring that up next week when we talk about Mm -hmm. that um but yeah and i think what we'll try and do is get a guest in maybe if not next week certainly the week after um and that could be that could be quite interesting
0: yeah absolutely sounds good to me cool
1: good stuff well i think that's a show we've covered a hell of a lot there this week um and a lot of cnc stuff Who'd thought, know, right? who, who would have thought right who would have be. thought <laughs> so yeah again as a favor to myself if you've got a recommendation on a machine that you think could work um um Generally for um uh, G10 uh machining, uh let me know. Um and also tag tag in these manufacturers because they should be giving us free machines <laughs> by now. We should we should be talking about using these machines and we should we should be getting new machines in the post every day. Oh, God. Um that would that would be lovely. Give me free Um <laughs> that's why you start a podcast. Come on, that's why we all do it. Uh <laughs> but um yeah thank you all very much for listening hope you all have a better 2021 um than you know i'm imagining your 2020 wasn't good maybe it was i don't know but let's all hope that we have a good 2021 anyway and fingers um, crossed man. and myself and the and the meat popsicle will speak to you next week
0: (laughs) have a good week guys If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,